Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. I don't want to give you just a five-hour quick fix. I think that's our problem. A lot of times we come to church looking for a quick fix. And then we wake up Monday morning and we wonder what happened and where did it all go. You know, we just want a quick shot, just a quick five-hour, you know, energize me, Lord. And that's all we're after. But if I can use this as an object lesson this morning and uh, talk to you today about holy energy. Look at your neighbor and say, you need some holy energy. Holy energy. So I want to give us more than just a five-hour special. I want to give us something that will get us up in the morning, allow you to go to bed at night, rejoicing, honoring God, and saying, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. How many could use some holy energy today? Something that will get in you to cause you to be motivated. Something that will get you and and allow you to become impassioned by what God is doing on this earth. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse one through verse six, and then we're going to look at verse 12 through verse 13 for just a few moments today. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 are these words. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children, my son. Despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint. Everybody say faint. Nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Verse 12. Wherefore. Everybody say wherefore. Lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet lest that which is lame be turned out of the way but let it rather be healed. Let's pray. God, thank you for the first apostolic church in Mount Carmel, Illinois for Bishop and Pastor McGee and their family and the saints of God. Pray this morning that you would speak to our hearts, open up our eyes to see, open up our ears to hear, open up our hearts to understand, 
your will and your way. Energize us this morning with the power of the Holy Ghost in our hearts and in our lives. For you're our strength and you're our joy and you're our peace. We ask your blessings upon it in the name of the Lord. Clap your hands unto Jesus right now, everybody that will. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And everybody said in Jesus' name, you may be seated today. Smile. Let's smile. The view from this end can be quite, uh, you know, uh, discouraging. So smile. You have a right to smile. What's the old Sunday school song? Smile a while. Give your face a rest. How many can need your body to be at rest? A family driving a large camper pulled up in front of a church just as the pastor was starting to leave for home. And desiring to be friendly, the pastor walked up and he introduced himself and expressed admiration for the gentleman's camper. And the husband of the family proudly told the pastor, well, this camper sleeps eight people. We're comfortable and we're traveling. Then the husband asked the pastor, he said, now, sir, I noticed you're, you, you have a nice church. What is the capacity of your church? And uh, the beguiled pastor rather glumly said, Oh, it sleeps about 80. <laughs> I can see right now some of you are in need of this. <laughs> Have you ever felt so tired that you felt like you just couldn't put one foot in front of the other? Have you ever felt what an anonymous poet once said when he wrote, I wish I was a little rock sitting on a hill doing nothing all day long, just sitting still. I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't sleep. I wouldn't even hesitate. I would sit a thousand years and rest myself. Wouldn't that be great? Well, some people go through life just tired. In fact, one of the great dividing lines in this world seems to be between those who are high-energy people and those who are low-energy people. The super-successful people in this world are, I'd, I'd have to say, invariably high-energy people. They get so much done. They move like a whirlwind. They never seem tired. And yet on the other hand, there are some people who can just barely drag themselves out of bed. Practically, you know, especially on Monday morning, maybe even Sunday morning, you know, kind of like the small town I read about where a traveler stopped at a gas station to buy some gas. And he asked, he said, is there a place close by where maybe I can get something to eat? And uh, the tent attendant there said, no, there's just a cafe down the road, and it closes at 6 o'clock. 
The traveler said, well, what do you folks do around here for excitement? And the attendant said, said, well, sir, around here, folks just don't get excited. The writer of Hebrews says, wherefore, lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knees. Isaiah, even in describing the joyful flourishing of Christ's kingdom, he said in chapter 35 of Isaiah, verse 3, he says and prophesies and says, Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. In Hebrews chapter 12, the writer paints a picture of all of us today. He compares the Christian life to the running of a race. It's a familiar picture to all of us. The grandstands are filled with spectators and the writer calls them a cloud of witnesses. Who are these witnesses? Well, we read their names in the preceding chapter. Chapter 11 records a lengthy roll call of the faithful followers of God, nobles like Abel and Noah and Enoch and Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob, Joseph and Moses, Rahab and Gideon, Samson, David, Samuel and all of the prophets, they have run their race. Now, folks, it's time for us to run our race. And it's our turn to do it with perseverance as we cast aside every weight that hinders us, including our sin, including our fears, including our doubts. So, folks, there comes a time in our life where you just got to let those things go. You just have to let those things get behind you. Hallelujah. And center and focus your attention on the Lord. Can you say amen? Matthew chapter 25, we find the story of the ten virgins. It's a wonderful story, a beautiful story, a story that should encourage all of us as we get closer to the end. Five of these virgins were wise and five were foolish, as you know. And there was an energy crisis in the chapter. All of those people were clean. All of them lived right. All of them walked right. All of them were pure. All 10 of them were clean, but there was an energy crisis. Five of them had no oil. So they asked the five that had oil, would you give us some? Can we borrow some oil? And the five that had oil said, no, 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 no. 
we can't do that. We're sorry. We just have enough for ourselves. You're going to have to go down to Walmart and get your own. Buy some more oil. So while they went to buy some oil, the Bible says the bridegroom came and took away his bride. And the five virgins who had no oil were just kind of left dangling. Amen. Without, without any hope, without, without going in the wedding party. And I think this morning it's important for all of us to understand that we are living in a time when hell wants to take away and erode our strength. He wants to erode our, our, our passion. He wants to take away, amen, our, our, our vigor and our, and our spunk of the saints of God. Amen. And I believe I could honestly say there's an energy crisis in the church. The devil wants to wear us out. Wear out the people of God. He wants to wear out the saints of God. He's not so much concerned about the world. He's concerned about you and I. He don't want us to get too excited. He doesn't want us to get too energized. He, he wants to wear us down with our jobs and wear us down with our sickness and wear us down with our, with our complacency and wear us down with our depression and wear us down with our outlook upon life. But I've come to encourage somebody this morning. There is not an energy crisis when it comes to the church. There is not an energy crisis when it comes to the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I want to go on record this morning and tell you and I that God is our only source of strength. Somebody clap your hands and shout hallelujah. There's an erosion that wants to take away our joy, wants to take away our energy, wants to take away our commitment with life, wants to take away our vigor, our, our get up and go. You know, some, some folks... Some folks are like zombies. They're just walking around, just really don't have any, any motivation. Can't hardly put one foot in front of the other. Can't wait until Friday gets here. You know, it's amazing how people only live from Monday to Friday. Monday to Friday, Monday to Friday. And before you know it, we are just walking through life kind of as dead people, you know, and it's, a, and it's a blight on spiritual people. It, it's a blight on the church. Folks, as, as we see the day approaching, as we see the coming of the Lord drawing near, we ought to be so energized. We ought to be so motivated. We ought to be so excited about doing something for the Lord. Hallelujah. Because the world is watching us. I may need some energy this morning. Now, some of, you could, some of you could use this right now. You say, how do you know, Brother Sizemore? I can just see it. You're just sitting there, you know, your mind's on what you're going to eat, and your mind's on the clock. Your mind's on, uh, you know, what am I going to do tomorrow, and how am I going to get through this crisis, and how am I going to get, you know, how am I going to pay my bills tomorrow and this next week? I, I don't know, and I'm, I'm worried. And, and the devil just captivates our mind and captivates our, our, our understanding. And, 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 and we, we're wondering, how am I going to make it? And how am I going to get through this situation? And we totally forget about what God has for us. And he's got the Holy Ghost this morning. How many is proud you got the Holy Ghost? How many is glad you got the Holy Ghost? Can I remind you this morning, you've got some energy right now. 
that's sitting within your soul, hallelujah, that can get you up and lift up your countenance and give you peace. Amen. The writer said it's like joy, like a river that the Lord God gave to me. I didn't get this at Walmart. I didn't get this from a five-hour energy bottle. No, what I got when I got the Holy Ghost, I got something in me that the world didn't give and the world can't take away. I've got something called the power of the Shekinah glory of God. I'm feeling it right now in this house. Woo, hallelujah. Slap your neighbor and say, you need some energy this morning. Did you know that when the Israelites came through the wilderness and when they got close to the promised land, there was a king at Bashan named Og. O-G, Og. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 3. And the Bible says that King Og was the only remaining remnant of the giants. He was the last giant standing. And the only thing, the only thing the Bible says and mentions about King Og was the size of his bed. Never mentions the size of his army. It never mentions the size of his manpower. It never mentions the size of his kingdom. All the Bible says about King Og is the size of the bed that he slept in. Because the last battle Israel fought before crossing over the, into the promised land, could I say, was the battle of apathy. The battle of no energy. The battle of the lack of interest. And you know as well as I do that when you first got saved, when the Lord changed your life, you wanted to go out and you wanted to win the world, didn't you? You, wanted, you got so excited, you got so thrilled, amen, that God had changed your life. But what happens? What happens? Life, you know, life has a way of just wearing us down. Life has a way of coming against us. And just before you reach the zenith of your life, just before you reach the things that you've been praying for or reaching for, that you've been asking God for, sometimes you have to fight the king Og. In his king-size bed. You have to fight the feeling of apathy, the feeling of lack of interest, the feeling of, of, of apathy. Well, I just don't care. They won't care if I'm at church or not. They won't care if I, if I go to prayer meeting or not. I won't be missed. Nobody will notice me. And we fight that, that apathy spirit. We, we fight that lack of interest. We fight that battle all the time. But this morning, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach something that will help you destroy King Og in your life. I want you to walk in the promise. I, I want you to walk in strength. I want you to walk and be energized today. Our walk with God needs to be like the energizer bunny that just keeps beating the drum and keeps praising and keeps worshiping 
and keeps loving and keeps going to church and keeps paying the tithe and keeps on and keeps on and keeps going and going and going. Folks, when the world tells you that you're too tired to get up, you need to tell the world, look out, world, here I come. Look out, King Og, here I come. Look out, world, hallelujah, I got the Holy Ghost. I got more than just five-hour energy. Woo! Hallelujah. Look out, apathy. Look out, depression. Look out, lack of interest. Get the hands up. Hands are hanging down. Feeble knees are, oh man, you can't hardly kneel down to pray anymore. Oh, I just can't, just can't make it, Pastor. You know, just don't, just feel tired. Weary. Worked hard all week. You know. I don't know about you, but I believe this morning that the Lord is looking for the church in this final hour that's got some holy energy and has got some enthusiasm so that when people walk in here and walk through those doors, oh, hallelujah, they can say, my goodness, that place is different. My goodness, there's some energy in that place. Amen. There's no energy shortage when it comes to the church tonight. Hallelujah, this morning. There's no energy shortage when it comes to healing, when it comes to deliverance. There's no shortage in the things of God, in the heavens of the Lord. There's plenty to go around. There's plenty mercy. There's plenty grace. There's plenty bread. There's plenty of water. There's plenty of whatever you need. I'm serving a God today. Somebody shout yes. I'm serving a God this morning that can pick me up when I'm down. Amen. And give me some strength to go on for the glory of the Lord. Somebody shout yes. Praise God. Whew. I feel like I've drank some already and I haven't even opened the thing. Huh. Haven't even broke the seal. That's cause that's the best the world can do. <laughs> I preached a funeral, oh, about a year ago in Lakeland, Florida, and it was a big Nazarene church. I don't say this in any disrespect at all, but I walked into the church and uh, Brother McGee, as it was a large church. It probably sat maybe two or 3,000. And uh, uh, a, a young man that was, had relation in my church had uh, committed suicide. And it was a very sad situation. So I walked in there, got a little early, and I walked into the church and a huge foyer. In that foyer, they had a Starbucks cafe <clears throat> and I walked in and I and uh, I must have hit a nerve here and uh, I've always tried to be you know use diplomacy and so the only word that I could find when I saw that was hmm 
And I mean, it had the counters, it had the seats, it had all the, all the latte machines, and you know, just, it had a big Starbucks sign, right? I mean, just like if it was, you know, just out, out of, if it was like in the mall. And in, and, and on the glass counter, Brother Jerry, I take it you like Starbucks. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but I read on the internet not too long ago that Starbucks now has over 80,000 different choices. That's true. Google it. 80, 80, 86, 87,000 different kinds and, and, and uh, concoctions of coffee. And I'm thinking, now, you know, I'm just a country boy. And Brother McGee, to me, coffee is coffee. I know they've come up with all the lattes and the, and the mochas and the, I don't even know what they're all about. Just, just give me coffee, just coffee. I just like coffee, you know. And uh, 80 some thousand, and I'm thinking, my goodness, how can you choose? You know? I mean, I'm still having trouble at McDonald's just going down the list trying to find, all right, which one do I want? And here's 80-some thousand choices of different coffees. And, uh, and, but let's get back to the church here. I, I get sidetracked here. Um, sitting on, a gla on the glass case of this coffee shop, of course it wasn't open, um, or the coffee shop wasn't open, on this glass case was a display of probably maybe 50 to 100 of these five-hour energy drinks sitting right there and um, denoting that you could buy them before you go into service. And I got real tempted. I told my wife, you know what? Maybe that's some of what our folks need. I need to set me up some of those and, you know, we'll give the proceeds to the building fund. You know. Man, I mean, if I got everybody coming to church and drinking, drinking one of these five-hour energy, I mean, I wouldn't have to preach. I, would, I, would, I mean, we just, we just we, you talk about running laps and, and, and having church. Woo! You know, that is if it works. And some of you could probably drink five of these and not feel a thing. You know, you know, I, I don't know what all the ingredients, hours of energy now, no crash later. Sugar-free, four calories. Feel it in minutes. Lasts for hours. Sometimes I don't have minutes. Sometimes I need it right then. Aren't you glad you can come into the house of the Lord and you don't have to drink something and wait for minutes for God to do something? But I'm serving a spontaneous God. In fact, he's, he's already got the energy waiting for me when I get through the door. I don't have to buy it. I don't have to drink it. 
I don't, I don't, I don't have to involve myself. All I got to do is plug in, tap in, get connected, amen, to the life-changing source of the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And one great thing about it, there's no crash. There's no crash. I can take it home with me. I can get up Monday morning with it. I can go to bed Monday night with it. I can get up Tuesday morning with it. I can feel the energy of the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'm talking about holy energy. Somebody shout holy energy. Slap your neighbor and say, you need some holy energy. Get excited. Come in here with your old frown on your face and gloom and despair. You know, you know what? We need to realize that our energy level, now listen to me, our energy level is in direct proportion to our mental state. What's the Bible say? As a man thinketh, so is he. People with high energy level are invariably optimistic people. They are determined people. You know, doesn't it bother some of you negative folks when you get around positive people? High energy people. I mean, they're all going, they're going around giving high fives and always seem to be shouting, whoo, glory, hallelujah. Things are great. Things are wonderful. And you're over there in your corner and you're just shivering because you can't stand those high energy folks. Oh, they just don't know the trouble that I've seen. They, they don't know the bills I've got to pay this week and I don't, I don't have the money for it. They just don't know what, what I'm going through in my life. No, they probably do not know the trouble that you have seen. That, that, uh, but they just don't choose to allow it to affect them. Because it's a choice. You know what, folks? We can come in here and we can, we can choose to have church or we can choose not to have church. It's your choice. So many times we think, okay, choir, get me going. Come on, preacher, get me going. Come on, music, get me going. I need to feel the beat. I need to feel the music. Oh, folks, you ought to be going before you even get here. Hallelujah. You ought to get up in the morning and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. Hallelujah. He's, I, I'm, I'm the head and not the tail. He's going to bless me going in and he's going to bless me coming out. I got some energy this morning. I, I got, I've tapped into some things that the world can't give to me. Woo, somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We had an old gentleman in our church, at my dad's church years ago, and he'd always sit down here on the front row, and every time there was testimony service, he'd jump up and he'd testify, and here's what he'd say. He'd say, Pastor Sizemore, I like what I feel when I feel like I feel right now. <laughs> well, how do you feel right now? Well, I like what I feel when I feel like I feel right now. And every testimony service, you can bank on it. He's going to stand up and say, mm, I like what I feel when I feel like I feel right now. 
How would your coworkers react? When you walk into work tomorrow and say, mm, I like what I feel, when I feel like I feel right now. They'll look at you like, buddy, where have, what party did you go to this weekend? Which one of them five-hour drinks did you drink? Whew. Hallelujah. You know, then you've got those who always complain. And the drain begins with their brain. The complaining begins in the brain. Our energy level is in direct relationship to our attitude towards life. Kind of like those two little old spinster sisters that, that bought a house on the highway beside the road and they put up a sign that said, Antiques. And people would stop. They'd come from miles around. And the sisters would serve tea and cookies and intermingle and enjoy the conversation with the visitors that would stop by as they would see their sign that said antiques. And, and uh, one, one day, one of the visitors went up to the sisters and says, okay, um, thank you for the tea and thank you for the little cookies. You've all been very cordial and very nice. But then the visitor said, now, I'm ready to see the antiques. And the sisters would eagerly look up at the visitors and say, well, you're looking at them. We're the antiques. <laughs> I pray we don't have any antiques here this morning. I went by an antique shop the other day, and over the, over, over the outside of the store was antiques, original fakes. And I'm thinking, duh, you know. Evidently, they weren't the real thing. Original fakes. Some of you know where I'm going with that. <laughs> How many is glad when it comes to the house of the Lord and when it comes to apostolic Pentecostalism? There's not original fakes here. We are the original. We've been grafted into the original. We're not copies. We're not Xerox copies of something else. We are the original. Hallelujah. We're not antiques. We're not outdated. We're not, we're, we're, we're not you know, put, in the, put on the corner somewhere. But we are the church of the living God. A church that Jesus shed his blood for. A church that cross, a cross was, uh, was nailed to and, and blood came out and water flowed. And he died and he rose the third day so that you might have some energy this morning. And I might have some joy. And I might have some peace. Amen. Not in five minutes. Not in five hours. Not, not with a crowd but something that just keeps flowing and keeps flowing and keeps flowing and keeps flowing. The songwriter said it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now, I love people, and, and I, I say this now because of my age. And, and I walked in and... And it amazes me that Bishop McGee has no gray hair. What are you doing, brother? And I know he's older than me. And I envy.
But you know, I've come to this conclusion now, folks. I don't mind people getting old. Hey, it beats the alternative. It's all right to get old. Now, come on. It's all right to get old. Now, I know you're, you're paying big bucks, and people do. I, I forget the last statistic that I read about the, the, not millions, but the billions of dollars that are spent for facelifts and tummy tucks and eyelid lifts and, and uh, you know, oil of Olay. Oh, the anti-wrinkle cream. It's amazing how many people, even though as old as they're getting, they just want to look younger. You know, bless her heart. I saw a little, a little lady at the at the at the mall, and she had to be ninety nine. But oh, she she was dressed like a movie star. She was prancing around the mall, just you know, her and her little walker. It's okay to get old. Amen? Come on, some of you elderly people. Now I'm, I'm, in that, I'm getting in that category now. Huh? It's okay to get old. I read this just the other day. Anybody know Nola Ox? You know who Nola Ox is? Nola Ox is the world's oldest college graduate at 95 years old. Mary Armstrong skydived at 12,000 feet on her 90th birthday. Ruth Hamilton, the oldest internet blogger ever at 109 years old. Bert Kilbride, the oldest scuba diver at 93 years old. I've got a man in my church in Winter Haven, Florida, his name is Billy Brown. This past year, he turned 87 years old. And the last time we had, one of the last times we've had church on a Sunday night, and it's almost a given, when the music's singing and the Lord's moving, he's out in the aisle and he's running around the church. He's running laps with his hands up at 87 years old. And I'm thinking, buddy, at 87 years old, and here I'm only 57 years old, I'm not going to let you outpraise me. I'm going to get right in there behind you. Hallelujah. Because God has been good. God has blessed. God has answered prayer. God's come to my rescue. Hallelujah. I don't want to lose a step. I was listening to my good, my good friend, Rich Johnson, and he was, he, was, uh, he was telling about an experience. He was, up, he, was, he was on an airplane. He was going to preach somewhere, and he was all by himself. And he got on the airplane, and when they got to 32,000 feet in the air, there was a, and no, no disrespect here to the Muslim people. They need to be saved too. They're good people. But there was a Muslim that was on the plane, and he, right when they got to 32,000 feet and they took off the seatbelt sign, then this Muslim, I guess, it, I guess it was their time for prayer. The Muslim got out in the aisle of the plane and got down 
on his knees in the aisle and began to pay homage to Allah. And went, mm, mm, you know. And it dawned on him, it dawned on Brother Rex Johnson. He said, you know what, buddy? If you've got that much courage and if you've got that much energy to pray and worship your God at 32,000 feet in the middle of the aisle of an airplane, and here I am, a child of God that's got the Holy Ghost power. He said, buddy, I'm not going to let you out-worship my God. So he got out. He unbuckled his seatbelt. He got out in the aisle of that airplane, and it was packed. And the, and, and the stewardess, they were trying to get the, the, the grocery cart down the, down, down the middle aisle with the drinks and all. And, and he, he just said, I, I just began to jump up and down. I began to raise my hands and the stewardess came over and put, his, put, put, put their hand on his shoulder and said, sir, sir, are, are, are you having problems? Or do you need medical treatment? He said, no, 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 no. He said, if that guy right there can praise his Allah, I can praise my God. And I'm not gonna let him outpraise his God when I've got a God that's still on the throne, high and lifted up. He, he. <laughs> The heavens are his throne. The earth is his footstool. The mighty God that I serve, I'm going to find enough energy to lift my hands and to leap for joy and to run around and let God know the how much I love him. Somebody shout yes. yes. Holy energy. Yes. Holy energy. Let me encourage you elders tonight. You're not too old, amen, to invent fried chicken. You're not too old to have some energy. You're not too old to shout and worship. You're not too old and say, God is still with me. Amen. It may not be a large step. It may just be just a little step. Hey, but that's all right. Young people. Should I go there? Young people. How many is glad you're young? One hand. God bless you, sister. Only one hand went up that said, they, you're, as, you're as young as you feel, not as young as you look. Whew. I might need to pass this around here. We need elderly people. Step up to the plate. We need some middle-aged folks to step up to the plate. We need some young people to set up and say, you know, I've been young and I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. I still have some Holy Ghost energy in my life. Hell can't handle holy energy people. I said hell cannot handle holy energy people. You got the Holy Ghost, let the devil know about it. He can't touch it. He can't get close to you. Amen. Because you got the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And you can love him, serve him all the days of your life. Somebody shout yes. Woo. Praise God. Fortune 500 says 94% of Fortune 500 executives attribute their success to attitude. More than any basic ingredient of success, they attribute it to their attitude, their outlook. Let me give you the formula for success, which is also the formula for spiritual success. And here it is. Better attitude 
better energy. Say it with me. Better attitude, better energy. Now slap your person next to you and say, you need a better attitude. Now say it with a smile. Or we'll have a prayer line here in a minute. We all could use an upgrade to our attitude. Right? I mean, if you're a young person and you're mad at the world, then you need to hurry up and get glad right now. You've got your whole life ahead of you. If you're under 40 and you think you're too tired, then wake up and smell the roses, honey. First of all, you're too young to be tired. The other, the other night, my drummer, he come up on the platform and he's only, what, 25, I would say, 25 years old. And he come up on the platform like this. He, he, he came to church and he's walking up and he comes in. And I walked over to him and said, Brandon, what in the world's wrong? He said, man, I'm so tired. I said, why? He said, I've worked all day today. I said, so? I said, buddy, you're too young to be tired. Hello? Hey, man, you're too young to be tired. You've lost your holy energy somewhere along the way. Yeah, it ran out and you've crashed. Some of you need a refill this morning. Hallelujah. We could all use a dose of holy energy. It's not, it's not just a five-hour fix. It's not just a big bang rush with a crash at the end. No, no, no. The Holy Ghost power that I have, hallelujah, the world didn't give it to me. The world can't take it away. The amen. David said, he's the lifter of my head. Paul said, it will make my path straight for my feet. It's joy unspeakable. You need to get excited about life. Slap your neighbor and tell him, you need to get excited about life. You need to get excited about living for God. You need to get excited about Sunday morning church. Get excited about Sunday night church. Get excited about the prayer room. Get excited about living holy. I know you've experienced this, and I've got to watch my time here. But I know now... Trust me, I understand where you're coming from. I know you get tired on your job. And you take one of those five-hour drinks, and it wears off about 4 o'clock, and you get off at 5, and you come home, and you're so tired, and you're so weary, and all you do is fall on the couch, get the remote, start surfing. You're all washed out worn out and you don't want to do anything you don't want to get up been on your feet all day you don't even want to go to sonics and get two for the price of one on tuesday night oh even if you got steak and shake coupons no i'm just too tired and all of a sudden the phone rings and it's one of your old buddies on the phone and he says hey We've got a little daylight left. Why don't we go, why don't we go out and wet a worm? And all of a sudden, from nowhere, you're not feeling as tired as you thought. And you tell your wife, honey, hold supper tonight. Hold, hold dinner tonight. When uh, she says, well, I thought you were tired. Well, I was, but you know, I've, I, I've got to be with my buddies. Or the wife 
comes home and she's tired, she's weary, she's exhausted, been on her feet. You know, I, honey, I just don't feel like cooking tonight. I'm just so tired. And the phone rings. Old sister's on the phone. Hey, Steinmart's having a sale. They're practically giving stuff away, 50% off. Steinmart, and they're, they're having a closeout sale like never before. And the wife says, give me 15 minutes. I'll be ready in 15 minutes. Come pick me up. And the husband's sitting on the couch and says, well, I thought you were tired. You said, you, you said you've been on your feet all day long, and now you're going to walk the aisles at Steinmart? You don't have enough energy to cook me some dinner, but you've got enough energy to go shopping? Where did that energy come from? I tell you where it came from. It came from right up here. Because when the phone rang and you, you, you found out who it was, you turned a channel in your mind. Your mind says, you know what? I can get energized when it's something I enjoy. And here's what I want to tell you this morning. The writer of Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You know what we ought to do? You know what we ought to why we ought to get excited every Sunday is when you get up and say, whoo, I get to go to church today. I get to go magnify the Lord. I get to go and get excited about Jesus. I get to talk about his healing power. I, get, I can sing some of the good old songs. I get to testify about what God has done for me this week. Woo, I'm excited about it. Holy energy. It's all about how we think, folks. It's all about, and I know there, I, I, don't, don't misunderstand me. I know there are chronic causes that bring on chronic fatigue, infections, anemias. I know that there's thyroid problems, there's diabetes, there's drug, there's drug abuse, there's cancer, there's sleep disorders, there's chronic tiredness, they, and, 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 and they all need physical checkups. I, I understand all of that. Anger, boredom, anxiety, stress. They can bring a loss of energy, but energy for the most part is related to our mental state. I like what Dr. Henry, Henry Goddard, a few years ago, he created what is called the ego graph. And it's used to measure energy levels in people. And he would get young people on his ego graph, kind of like a treadmill type of thing. And they would start walking and start striding. And they would walk a while. And when he would see that their energy level began to drop and go down, then he would go over to them and get in their ear and say, come on, kid. You can do this. Come on. You can make it. Pick yourself up. You can do this. Come on. Find the, find the strength. Find the energy. You're a winner. You can, you can do this. You're not a quitter. You're going to finish this. Come on. You can do this. And all of a sudden, their energy level would start going back up because he became that cloud of witnesses. And I've come to tell you this morning, come on, saints. You can do this. You can make this spiritual journey in your life. Come on, pick yourself up. 
You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be discouraged. You can serve the Lord. You can worship. You are a winner. You're not a quitter. You're, you're not a backslider. You're going to finish this race. Come on. You can do this. You can get your hands in the air. You can pat your foot with the music. You can if you want to. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God help us to get our energy level. Stand with me this morning, if you will. In closing, Harvard University professor once saw an interview with Philip Brooks. And Philip Brooks, if you know history, was a beloved preacher of another, in another generation. And the professor had serious pro, uh, a very serious problem, and he needed some help. So he spent an hour with Philip Brooks in his office and Philip Brooks came out of that office after one hour, a changed man. Later, it dawned on the professor that he forgot to tell Philip Brooks what his problem was. He said, however, I did not care. I found out that what I needed was not the solution to my problem, but I needed what he, what he called, and I quote, the contagion of a triumphant spirit. Can I say this to this congregation this morning? We all need in this apostolic hour a contagion of a triumphant spirit. We don't need to compare ourselves among ourselves. We don't need to compare ourselves with other churches. Hello? We just need to do what God wants us to do. What God wants you to do right here in Mount Carmel, Illinois. Amen. And you can have a contagion of a triumphant spirit in your life. Hallelujah. Because I'm serving the winner, not the loser. I'm serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I am a winner. Look at your neighbor and say, I am a winner. This church is a winner. The devil is a loser. Hallelujah. Amen. But I got holy energy. I'm a winner. And we're moving forward. We're going forward. Revival's happening. This is the last day church. God, give us a contagion of a triumphant spirit. Hallelujah. And that connects you to the holy energy of Almighty God. Lift your hands and let's praise the Lord right now in this house. Oh, God, help us this morning to realize we can't make it without you, Jesus. We've got to have you. We've got to have your strength. We've got to have your power. Weeping may endure for a night. Joy comes in the morning. In your weakness, you are made strong. Like the saying, a body in motion continues to stay in motion. But a body at rest continues to stay at rest. Can I say that to the church? A church in motion stays in motion. But a church at rest stays at rest. 
And I want to get us this morning into a, get us out of our rest and into the energy, holy energy of the power of God. Folks, this is not time to hang our harps on the willows and be at rest. We'll continue to stay at rest. But if we'll get in motion and stay in motion and say, mm, I'm going to church today. I'm, 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 I'm going to work and I'm going to, I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus today. I'm going to share my testimony today. Praise God. And you could say, well, I didn't have to drink one of these when it comes to my spiritual connection with the Lord. <laughs> but the Holy Ghost, if you're here this morning, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I cannot end this service today as a preacher of the gospel without giving maybe somebody an invitation, say, Brother Sizemore, music come, people come, and we're going to close this service. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.